This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Did you make your New Year's resolution? So how's it going? We're five days in, so be honest. Have you dropped it already? It's okay. You're not alone. But how do we set realistic goals, make plans, and actually make the changes we want to change? Well, our two guests might be able to put you on the right path. Joseph Ferrari, a professor of psychology at DePaul University and author of the book, Still Procrastinating? The No Regrets Guide to Getting It Done. Professor Ferrari, welcome to Reset. Well, good morning and thanks for not delaying. (laughs) Also with us is Justine McDonald, CEO of Goal Chasers, a business coaching firm. Hi, Justine. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'll start with you, Justine. Do you make New Year's resolutions? always asked me this. Um, well, of course, you know yes. What? Of course. You know what? I'm a, I'm a believer in using New Year's as a time to reflect on the last year, but not as an excuse to jumpstart your goals. So I have goals that I set throughout the year and I adapt and change and grow them as I do. Um, but I really use New Year's as a time to look back on the year and just draw from the lessons so that I can move forward with the next year more powerfully. Yes, it sounds like what I, I do currently, Justine. Great idea. But what about you, Professor? Did you make a resolution uh, this year? No I, no, I don't. You know, the research shows that less than 8% of people continue with their resolutions after January. So it's because they're unrealistic. And so I don't make New Year's resolutions. I like to make new life resolutions. Like Justine, I prefer to focus on what needs to be changed, what can I accomplish realistically. It's got to be simple. It's got to be observable. It's got to be doable. Yeah. I was making resolutions for for a while, but I think about two years ago was when I made the switch to just kind of focusing on vision boards and (laughs) just, you know, switching from putting myself in sort of that box. Professor, why is this new year, new me? You heard me say that earlier, but why is that approach not successful? Oh, because people have these unrealistic goals. I hope to lose 40 pounds in the next two months. Well, you're not going to lose 40 pounds in two months. You might be able to lose four pounds. I'm a four-pack-a-day smoker, and I'm going to stop to nothing. No, you might be able to cut it back. You see, the problem is we set these unrealistic goals. We think we have to be perfect, and then when we don't reach them, we consider ourselves failures. Well, we're not perfect. We are going to fail in life. Our knees are meant to bring us down. That's not the issue. The issue is how do we get back up? 
I'll let Justine join in here too, if she'd like. But I could I could say more about all of this. Yeah, Justine, please, you know, feel free to pick up where he left off because we said, you know, folks will start off strong, right? They'll go to the gym, they'll yeah. they'll get that membership, they'll they'll go for a good month or so, they'll sign up for that language class, and things just start to teeter off after a few weeks or months. So, what else are we getting wrong? That's definitely one of the main things I see with people and my clients is they make the goal so large because it's patient, right? We live in a world right now where we want everything quick and fast and easy. So we set these goals to make a million dollars in our business or, yeah, lose 40 pounds this month, and we get discouraged. We lose our confidence. And goal setting is actually not only about um, creating new habits for yourself, but it's about building confidence so that you can continue to forge forward during a pandemic, during ups and downs in your life, and really believing that it's possible for you because goal setting and goal achievement is really about the mindset you have around it. It's 80% mindset, 20% strategy. So if you're continuing to create these huge goals, you're never making focus for them because they're too large, then you're not actually going to believe it's possible for you, so then you give up. So one of the most important things that you can do for yourself is to start really small. I always tell people, if you have never set goals before, you can have a maximum of three goals that year, maximum. And you can spread them across the areas of your life where you would score them the lowest, the areas of your life you want to improve the most. But you want to start really small so you can build that bank of evidence in your brain that this is possible for you, and that helps build momentum. Uh, And the other thing that we always have to focus on is connecting to the reason why the goal is important. We want to make sure it's not ego-driven and it's not coming from a should. It needs to come from a place of real joy, creating a life that you want, creating impact in the world. And when you reconnect to that reason why, it gets you out of those tough spots uh, and it gets you back to business after a rough day, a rough week, or a rough year. Can I jump in? I'd like yes, to- I was going to ask you, what, what do you suggest? What are your tips? Well, I'm saying Justine is right. You should keep a small number. But we've got to add in that these are, if you would, observable. In other words, you can see them. You can hear them. You, they're tangible goals that you can achieve. And small so they are successful. A small number, a small goal. We call them small wins. What you want to build yes. in your life are these successes that are small wins. You know, the number two goals... The top two resolution goals that people have is going to the gym and building their finances. It's interesting that they are far higher than anything else that people have, Mm. um, and yet we we don't always achieve these things. Justine mentioned something about 80%, you know, uh, before. There are studies that show we actually need 85% success and 15% failure in our life. Now, that may surprise listeners because they might think, what do you mean? I want to succeed. I've got to be perfect. Right. Everybody tells me I've got to be 100%. No, 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 no. The best adjusted people, the happiest people in life have actually failure in their life, 15% failure, if you would. I, I like to say, you know, if we only had sunny days in our life, if every day was beautiful and crisp and sunny, we'd have a desert. We need rain. You need some failure because that's what helps things grow. We need to learn from that. You know, Native Americans have an expression. They say, the white man has it wrong. We want to walk through life in clear water, easy to achieve, nothing. They say, no, 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 no. You need muddy water because it's through muddy water, through the challenges of life that we grow stronger. So <laughs> right. I think we need to have some failure and recognize we're going to fail. And as long as we reach 
vast majority, you know, 85% is not mediocrity, that's 50%. If you've achieved most of your goal, well, that's to celebrate. That's great. Now, let's work on the other part. But let's celebrate the fact that you reached most of your goal. And to keep it small, observable, and successful. Justine, what do you think about the idea of sharing your goal with someone? Like telling someone else. When you first start goal setting, I always say that you need a cheerleader. Uh, and we're going to face those challenges. We want to make sure that we have somebody in our life that um, we feel safe around. People in your life who may not necessarily be as excited about what you're doing. You want to make sure that you're protecting your energy and you're going to somebody in your life who is going to be your cheerleader no matter what. And they're going to give that same energy back to you because that really helps to build that confidence and it helps to keep you moving forward. Now, we asked listeners about what lessons they learned in 2020 that they'll be taking into this year. And we got a voicemail from Adam in Warrenville. Let's take a listen. The things that I've learned this year are to take care of yourself, uh, take time to be quiet and contemplative and just think. Uh, I meditate and do yoga regularly and I feel great. Uh, I'm actually in great shape. I'm better shape than I was at the beginning of 2020. And uh, I just encourage everyone to just take a moment and, and breathe. Thanks, Adam, for giving us a call and for, for leaving that advice. Justine, your coaching firm, Goal Chasers, you have a, a big focus on working moms. Does that advice from Adam sound like something that you suggest to your clients? Taking a moment, taking care of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's vital. Um, people ask me often why I focus on moms. And for me, the transition between being a hustling and bustling career woman uh, to being a mom, was a, I was at a real juxtaposition in my life. And I found it very overwhelming to try and do both of them well. So taking that time for self-care, reflection, meditation, um, the first step in, in goal setting with my clients and the process that I teach is creating that big vision for your life. I teach what's called domino goals. So you take a big vision and then you break it down into digestible daily tasks. And a lot of people have a hard time, especially if they're caught in their circumstances, especially after 2020, there was a lot of trauma. So going into that big vision, people have a hard time actually seeing that it's possible for them in, in daily action. So meditation, visualization are really important tools to connect you back with your purpose and connect you back with yourself and creating that bigger vision and the space in your brain to actually see what it is that you want for your life so that you have the energetic space to be able to take daily action. So it's, it's vitally important to do that. Professor, you, you literally wrote the book on procrastination, right? Which is probably most people's downfall. You know, you know, you put something off once or twice, it's pretty much the end of that goal. Why do we procrastinate so much? And more importantly, how do we stop doing it? Oh, that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> well, give me, give me the one minute version. I want everyone to understand two things. Everybody procrastinates, but not everybody is a procrastinator. And chronic procrastination affecting 20% of adult men and women, this is their lifestyle, is not to, nothing to do with time management, poor time management, has nothing to do with delaying, postponing. It's something totally different. This is what people don't understand. Um, people who procrastinate are not lazy. They work very hard at doing other things. Um, so why do we do it? Eh, there's lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, it's a more complicated 
Um, the book, my book tries to cover that. That's why it's called Still Procrastinating, because there's so many books out there about time management, and that just doesn't work. It's the least effective technique for people who are procrastinators. We, we're fear. There's fears, fears of success, fears of failure. There's a, a public image of showing I'd rather show you that I lacked my effort than I lack ability. Very concerned about what other people think about. Justine is correct, and I'm, thank you, Justine, for focusing on moms and their stressors. Absolutely. You know, my wife uh, worked for 40 years as a teacher and would come home and, and we would have the kids. And she would, you know, I, look, look, it's not 50-50. It's, I like to think 49-51, but she probably would say that percentage is, is wrong. Yeah. Anyway, breaking things down, you were right before. So what people need to understand is don't be overwhelmed. Don't put it off. Time keeps moving on. Life is short. You may have 70, 80 years if you're strong, as the Bible says, and we need to stay focused and leave a legacy. Leave, make a difference in the lives of other people. Life is not about me. It's about we. And that's what procrastinators don't always understand. Well, Justine, I want to give you the last word here. What's your last bit of advice for folks who want to make a change this year? Give yourself the compassion and the space to just dissect what happened in 2020, and there's going to be a golden nugget for you that you're going to take out of that experience that is going to propel your happiness, your joy, your life mission, and your goal success for 2021. Agreed. That's Justine McDonald, CEO of the coaching firm Goal Chasers, and DePaul psychology professor Joseph Ferrari. Thank you both for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that's today's Reset. If one of the changes you want to make this year is to be more informed, make sure you're subscribed to the Reset podcast. We drop a great conversation into your feed every day around 4.30 and give you bonus pods on the weekend. And they're all around 20 minutes, the perfect amount of time to walk the dog around the block or make a quick run to the store. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.